I'm a little tempted to um, open the floor to hear uh, what anybody could share with me in response to the, uh, the title of uh, tonight's year. But uh, maybe I'll set the stage with the maybe obvious uh, challenge. Okay. I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, it's very understandable for it to be quite difficult for most of us or all of us to feel that we can learn something from the life of Rabbi Chaim Kineski, the Chetzalah Because he was so unique, so different, so almost incomprehensible, and so way, way beyond anything that we can understand. So when we hear about somebody who's Bibisayim Kalatayra every year, and you know, uninterrupted Asmada, and knowing only Torah and forgetting everything else, and knowing all of Torah, never being caught and not knowing something, our our simplest reaction is we Bukhal can relate. And it can be also challenges of causing us feel not so good about ourselves in uh, comparison to that. Even if we were trying to make some comparison. And to be able to learn, it would seem that we need to be able to feel some kind of a connection to the person. Now, it's true that um, we find the Chazal as uh, a um, I'm sorry, actually, this was uh, I mean, Kohn said this over from Shem uh, Shiva that we find the Mishnah that an Oni could have some kind of a feeling of Hill was also an Oni and he was Isaac and Taira and that can motivate him. So we do find the concept of uh, somehow feeling the means to learn from, be inspired by people that are so, so far beyond us. But still, in our own personal experience, you know, it's much easier when, when we are being inspired by the things that we can relate to much more naturally and readily which has its place, of course, and which Rabbi Chaim Zatzal also represented in being very available to the public, which he experienced as a significant sacrifice. There was one story about his um, some one day uh, being happy that he couldn't see people who was somehow no one available to arrange it, and uh, the regular time that was given to uh, see people uh, was left just for him to learn and he was very pleased with that and afterwards he felt that that really wasn't correct on his part to be feeling happy that he had the extra time to learn because the people who couldn't get to see him were disappointed and they uh, experienced it in a very uh, unpleasant kind of way so uh, he did uh, have some humanness that we can hear about, even relating to his own learning. 
and therefore his giving up his time we could somehow relate to as some measure of being giving to the public. Could it be that he had no choice? If he felt he had no choice, then that's also to his credit. So things like that we can relate to much more easily. But um, uninterrupted Asmada, unfathomable knowledge of Taira, it's hard for us. Does anybody uh, uh, sort of uh, agree with this with this uh, position, with this uh, sort of uh, <laughs> presentation so far? Anybody with me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Very good. Um, but you know, it's a funny kind of thing. That's uh, so now. If anybody wants to sort of um, address this and uh, tell me how um, perhaps we could find a way, I'm eager to hear. And of course, you know, we know that, as uh, Deva Feinstein said, Mr. Ginsburg said over, Deva Feinstein, when they were um, planning the biography about Rav Moshe, he said that if you're going to write about his, his learning, that people are not going to be able to. Uh, really gain so much from. If you write about his Maisa Chesed, that they can learn from. But I'm hoping that we might be able to learn something. Even from that part that seems to us at first glance to be totally out of reach or even even afraid to go there. Rabbi? Go ahead. Rabbi? Oh, okay. No, I... I mean, I, I was able to hear a lot of speeches, a lot of things about Reb Chaim. Yes. Personally, like, I think we all know, I mean, talking for myself, like Rabbi said, no shaykhs in terms of, the amkos, no shaykhs in terms of the amount of time that he spent learning that things that we could do. But I think that, I don't know, the idea that we could be a little bit more uh, misudder in how we learn, oops, sorry. Sorry, one second. Oh, you know, a little bit more uh, focused um, in terms of like, you no, know, he had he had like a seemingly like like a sadarim every like he had he had a, he had a way that he he set it up that he was that he was able to do something like that, and you know, I personally find like today was my first Sunday off in a while. We didn't have Sunday school, whatever it was. I I broke I was able to learn a bunch, but I was like, you know, when nothing was masudur, it was like, yeah, I'll do a little bit of this, a little of that. A little. If if it was set, then if I sat down and set it, set it up like he did, and he had seven blot a day and this and whatever it is and that and whatever, then he had his time to see the people and he had time for lunch, whether he ate or not, with his wife, whatever. No, but it was very his life was very seemingly put together. Yes, excellent. That's that, that's a very good point, and I I remember. Reading that of Shalom Zalman Orbach said about himself also that his whole atzlacha was because he had a schedule and he stuck to the schedule. And he had that element of Seder that helped him very much. So I think that's a very good, very good point. Very good. Um, anybody else? Anything? Feel free. We're just one Chaburi here. <laughs> Um, one thing that I would say is that 
Gufa than not being able to relate is it's just reflective of how different of a world we are living in and how like there's so much that we're not even aware of and in touch with and you see somebody that's so totally removed from the things that we're concerned with on a daily basis and that we organize our lives around that are just totally meaningless to him it's like yeah we're living in a different planet and like yeah there's a lot just a lot that we're not in touch with um so do you mean to say that um perhaps we could see that maybe if Chaim had a point in not being concerned about a lot of things that people are busy with and concerned with well, of course he had a point. I'm saying a lot more than that. I'm saying that we're, we're it's just, you see somebody that's so totally otherworldly and it's it just like, yeah, what are the, what are the driving forces in your life? And well, like, well, it's tricky because if we take it too far, right, then we say like, okay, this I can't even, I can't even relate to. Somebody that's, there could be some aspects that we really can't relate to, like the desire to not remember anything except Torah. I don't know if we can relate to that or understand that, which could be okay. <laughs> so we'd be after able to like draw out the the essence of it that we could recognize is the real truth. That um, you know it was hard for most of us to really be living with, but to see how, oh, that really could be better if we could somehow bring in some of that. I guess I'm saying, like, even if it's not anything practical, like, what could you learn from it, like, in a practical sense? It's just, it's it's like, it's humbling. It's like, yeah, there's a lot that you don't know. Like, it's just... Okay, very good. I hear that. That's, um, yeah, that's very worthwhile to discover that there could be a lot that we don't know. But, you know, what, what's what's coming to my mind as you're talking about it, I think it's, it may be safe to say that it's sort of like when we have something really very important, very valuable that we are focused on, then it's not just a matter of obsession. It's a matter of being fulfilled. It's a matter of being not just occupied, but like having something really valuable in our life. So then other other needs sort of are much, much reduced. We have the concept, of course, of in Kovadelah Torah, but even in a you know, very sort of down-to-earth kind of way, when, when we're occupied with something that we really value, we really appreciate, we really see the, the good of it. So then, what else is there? Like you said to somebody, well, what else is there to have Arichas Yam before except to be able to learn Torah? Of course, life is for Klal Yisrael. The world is created for Klal Yisrael to learn Hashem's Torah and to live with Hashem's Torah. So, it's not just like you know, like a negation. There's the the good gratification, the good being filled with something really good. 
so then <laughs> the needs, other needs are, are, are minimized. Right. <clears throat> I think what would maybe be helpful is if there's any way to <clears throat> somehow connect, like I was just saying how you see somebody who's just totally removed from this world and just totally like, it's just, it's almost like not human, but like to be able to connect and right. I was saying that like, okay, fine. You see, there's, there's like a lot of reality that you're just not aware of. And like, you think, you know what your Shemaim is like, <laughs> there's, there's, there's many ways to go before you start really understanding, you know, like this is what it really looks like. But I'm saying if you're able, if there's any way to connect, like, no, but he was an actual person that just had like the same way that we're trying to articulate our thoughts right now and concretize and make more clear, like what makes sense and what could we learn from this? Like he was the same person that was doing the same things. And he just arrived at radically different conclusions than us and in a depth and in, in a way that was just so way beyond us, but it was just a same, like he's a person that's doing that to like to, there's any way to like appreciate even just appreciate that fact with any level of of like substance to that understanding i think could be very helpful i hear <laughs> you know somebody mentioned to me today he said um commitment to learning is not really something that should be novel to us we know already from the Torah that a person is supposed to spend as much time as he as he can involved in limited Torah. It's almost like whenever he's living as not concerned for Yonim Gashmim, all the, all the high-level qualities that we could somehow sense that he had, these are all found in the in Mishnayis and Avos. They're all found in, like, you know, that this is what a Torah personality is supposed to be. Just, you know, we would imagine it for only somebody, you know, way, way back in history. And maybe, you know, it, it's a, it's a, really could be that there was somebody in our time who was living with those values. But the actual values that are being taught us by Chazal, that we know to be true. So, we really should be able to discover that, oh, he was somebody who was living in a very simple way with many, many of the true Torah values that we can also learn about in the good Torah sources. Without having to get involved, like, you know, judging his madrigas, it's, it's not for us to try to, to do that. But whatever we could, we could see, that's like, oh, yes, this is how the Torah says he's supposed to live. And he would also have looked at it like a very simple, natural thing. And we don't know how much was some kind of a special gift in Hashemayim, or what kind of neshama, and how much effort he's putting in to develop it. It's not for us to know. But whatever we could see that we could know is true, it could be a representation. Yeah. But I'll tell you what sort of struck me really today um, in terms of this uh, aspect of not being able to relate because Rebbe was so different. And like, how could we we'll think to ourselves, we couldn't possibly be anything like that. 
But in a certain sense, it's, it's, it's the, the opposite is true. Because let's imagine if Reb Chaim himself would have said something like that. If he would have said about himself, I can't possibly be like these G'daylim, like this Rebbe, that's not my nature. I can't be like them. Then he never would have been himself. In a certain way, he was the epitome of somebody who was true to himself and his abilities and not encumbered by the fact that he's not matching somebody else or what somebody else did. And those that were being mechanichim at an earlier age also had that understanding that has a unique nature, unique abilities, and he has to follow his own derech, which he did. And perhaps, you know, as much as we could know about somebody in the modern times, he was true to himself, was not copying anybody else. He was being himself and living his own his own mission, his own his own share, his own personality. He was developing himself and continuously sticking to it, not veering off. The Mahalach for his learning, for his life, that he understood to be correct for himself, that was very, very different. <laughs> we didn't hear about other G'dolim making a scene in Kala Torah every year. V'chulu, <laughs> v'chulu. So what was that made out of? That was made out of understanding this is the way I'm supposed to learn. And he did it. So in a sense, he's modeling for us on the highest level to be true to oneself, to be Samer Bechelkoi, to know what your personal role is in life and to pursue that with, with sincerity, with trust, with, with belief. This is what Hashem wants me to be doing. Really? Maybe we can't always be so, you know, certain about that as maybe, you know, he was blessed to be able to be. But, uh, really? yes. Is that? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, no, I just wanted to know if that's something that I don't remember being taught so much in yeshiva in terms of like doing things that are a little different because that's like you're necessarily your natia. Like, I don't know, wearing 100 pairs of scissors or something or doing other stuff like that. So right. is that like... Mm-hmm. What? I don't, I'm trying to just figure that out. So that's a very good point. That's a very good point. So um, there, there has to be some kind of combination. Um, you know, the, the little bit that I understand is that um, for a person to be able to make proper judgments about himself, he has to have some basic skill of self-understanding. He has to have skill of analysis and honesty and sincerity and good proper thinking and good proper judgment. The development of the skill of learning is essentially developing the, the ability to make an attempt at making proper judgments and then to be able to hope for the siyat neshmaya, for that judgment to be correct. 
There's so many, so many things in life where there's no one that could tell us for us, for, for us. But for, for even to be in the category of being able to have some sense of things properly, we need to be able to think clearly. We need to have enough of a state of menucha to be able to think clearly. We have to be able to have the skill of focusing our thinking. We have to have the ability to learn the Torah, to read and understand, to be able to draw the ideas of the Torah that we can then try to utilize and try to apply and try to have a sense, where should I be focusing my kochos? But this that every person has a unique chilek in Torah and a unique chilek in Avedis Hashem, that's unquestionable. And that the Chavetz Chaim brings explicitly from the Gura. Every person has his own chilek in Torah. And he talks there in that piece about what my heart is drawn to. That's, a, that's an arrow. That's a sign of where my chilek in Torah can be found. That does not mean that I should not learn anything else. <laughs> but that means that I have to be able to be open to that. I have to have the ability to search for that and find that. And that can be found within the, within the, 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 the gamut of Libera Torah that, um, you know, none, no Rebbe would be um, advising us against even if it wasn't part of the curriculum of the yeshiva. <laughs> because the curriculum of the yeshiva ha- ha- has to be giving a person, is directed to giving a person a foundation, a good foundation. But then how it's going to then be utilized, that is very personal. So, the and the, and the, and the concept of not copying is also a, a very vibrant concept within the Messiah that we received. So the, the, the model of someone who did not copy, the, the most blatant example of someone who did not copy, who was so uniquely different and allowed to be and directed to be, that was of Chaim. So we could take from there, oh, so I should not try to copy the Chaim or anybody else. I should try to understand what can I do in the world of Torah and Chesed and avoid the, that is correct for me, that is within my abilities right now at this moment and try to direct it there and try to see where that could take me one step at a time. Then I'll be doing the exact same thing. And whatever I'll be doing will be equally chashev. How do I know that? Because Rebbein Yenin Shariavoda says it. He says if a person uses his ability and his time, then he's as chashev as the Avos. Okay, I wouldn't say it over if it wasn't black or white already printed, you know, and available out there. And, the, and it ends off, and the Avos also were only Ayvid Hashem according to their ability. That's the words in the Shari Avodah Rabbeinu Yehuda. The Gam HaAvos Le Yavduhu Kiim Lefi Koychem Vahasagosam. 
The Avos also were only Oivet Hashem according to their Kayach and their Asaga. That means <laughs> that that is not the absolute. <laughs> but that is enough to be the Avos Akadoshim. That's against fine. And he's correlating every person to that. So even if we don't understand that fully, what does that even mean that every person can be like the Avos? <laughs> But this is giving us some understanding that whatever we are doing with our ability is the chosh, is great, is the oilam That's how we're supposed to look at it. Now, if we want to get some, you know, good, solid recognition, irrefutable recognition, that even our very small chalik of Torah is chosh, we could do with a very simple mathematical calculation. Um, let's try to take a guess at how many lines of Gemara there are in the entire Shas. <laughs> we have no clue. Let's say there are a million lines of Gemara in Shas. <laughs> Probably less. But let's say, just for argument's sake, in Shas, Babel, Yushalmi, Medrash, in all the Svar calculation, and adds up to a million lines. Okay, now here's my question. Is the one line in one Gemara valuable in Choshev? If we'll say no, then two lines also won't be Choshev. Because if the first one wasn't Choshev, why will the first and the second be? And then the entire collection of all of them will not be Choshev. So the only way that's some enormous num- amount of knowledge is valuable is if every single chalik of it is valuable. And of course it is. Rebbe, every Rebbe, of it is Dvar Hashem, which what, is of infinite value. One second. How, how is that true? <laughs> one cent is not valuable. A billion cents is very valuable. Uh-huh. Okay, but that's only by, you know... Um, by, 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 by material, by something of material nature, yes. Of course, a little bit of sand cannot make a building, and a lot of sand can build a building. But here we're talking about aspects of a chachma. So the truth of the matter is, this, this, this way of looking at it is just a device to help us to get in touch with the fact that every, every Dvar Hashem, is, of course, of infinite value. So when we make comparisons, what we're doing really is only external and materialistic comparison. That's not a comparison of the something of true essence, which is not subject to comparison. So Hashem has a chalik of Torah, unique chalik of Torah for every single yid, which she is capable of having, then each one is of a unique divine nature that is not subject to any kind of a comparison. Rabchaim's also not identical to anybody else's, and there's not to him. Each one is the Eulam Mole, and all together it comprises the unity of the Claudius Royal. Can we, can we try to uh, extend this to other other things besides actual Torah Mamish? Like, you know, let's say someone's 
more into chesed or something else? Like, why, why are we only talking about, like, actual limit Torah? Um, only because um, I don't think when it comes to chesed, we're going to start counting, you know, how many acts of chesed somebody did versus how many acts of chesed I did. When it comes to limit Torah, we're prone to these kind of measurements. If you see somebody doing chesed in a phenomenal way, you read about Rabbi Ira Levine doing chesed in a phenomenal way, you don't react to it and say, oh, I can't do that much chesed like Rabbi Ira Levine, so forget about it. Just say, wow, this is beautiful. But when it comes to, somehow, when it comes to Limanatayra, we are prone to some kind of measurements and numbers and counting. And somehow mm-hmm. not feeling good about ourselves. So we read about Rabbi Levine. Do you feel about yourself? I'm not about chesed like that. No, you just, you just, you just like smile and you just want to kiss the, the, the thinker. <laughs> you read about Ramesha's Anivas. You don't feel about yourself. Oh, look at me. I'm such a lousy Balgaiva. I can't compare to Ramesha. Oh, man. I closed the book. I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> but but, but Limanatayra. For many valid factors, we relate naturally to Lima Nataira with, with a lot of judgment and association of intensity and things that, that cause us not to feel so good about ourselves. And in order to like change that, so you have to look at it like there's a Matana Taiva, Daibish does giving to every single yid. And their effort is equally chashev to. <laughs> any of the greatest people. And it must come through effort. And part of the effort, and a big part of the effort, is all the emotional barriers that stand in the way, that hold us back. All those feelings of not feeling good about ourselves that come up in the process of it. Those are major aspects of the Yagiya, which Torah is nickname. There's all different kinds of Yagiya. Of course, there's the so, idea of concentration. There's the idea of the, the commitments, the responsibility to it, and the kabbalas oil of it. And then there's the idea, there could be a idea of, of financial challenges and all kinds of material difficulties. And there's the idea of all the emotional factors. But there has to be a gear, and that is the real primary element. The Yagiyah of Torah, the Amelis and Torah, and all the forms that it takes, Chaznish says, is the Iker aspect of the Shleimus in the learning. He focuses on the persistency, the consistency, learning uninterrupted. He gives great value to that. But he doesn't mean to minimize all the challenges. And he writes Beferish in the second letter, when, when, when Chazal say, that means breaking midas. Every single negative character trait, every single barrier that stands in the way of a person's coming close to Hashem is part of the atzmoy that needs to be overcome or reduced or corrected in some way. And so are all these challenges that come up. I have one more thought. 
and again from the same place that would seem that it's difficult for us can be fakert. Because part of what's difficult is we can't understand how a person can know so much. This is not humanly possible. And the answer is, of course not. <laughs> of course it's not humanly possible. Of course it's the matana from Hashem. And it doesn't even make a difference if the matana from Hashem is just stam, simple like nevua, matana from Hashem, which the Gemara says there is still something of it, given the Chachamim, some kind of nevua. It doesn't matter if it's that kind, or if it's a, a, a miracle from Hashem of a photographic memory, which of course wouldn't be selected between, you know, Torah and not Torah, but putting that aside, even if it would be the miraculous creation of a photographic memory that Hashem is giving, that's also a miracle of Hashem. What is that showing us? Hashem was to give, has every power to give, has Torah to give, to Ayit. Every single person, according to what is correct for them in their neshama, not just not just in amounts of time, not just in amounts of knowledge, in the nature of it. The, every neshama is a unique creation of Hashem, and it has its own unique shlemus, and the, the klal together is a unit. So nobody has my nisyanus, nobody has my way of thinking, nobody has my personality, nobody has, nobody has everything. Nobody else had Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim didn't have anybody else. But what is it ultimately? Matana from Hashem. What is the means of receiving Matana from Hashem? This one tops it all. The Iker means of receiving the Matana from Hashem it's just the recognition that everything is a matana from Hashem. <laughs> How do we know that? Because the Gemara says, matana. Who is Hashem giving the matana of terror to? Which Abitza learns means beyond a person's natural kind of a mental ability. Who does Hashem give that to? Midbar, someone's made some midbar, which he learns means the midbar and Rashi says it means which is also connected to Anava, like Mesul Sharm connects it. And Maral there says Anava. And the Gemara says in, in, in Erevin, who is by whom is Tarim Miskayim? Someone makes himself Karuba. Everyone is stepping up. And Rashi says, Gasus doesn't have Gasus Aruach. And also he's, 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 he's good to everyone. He's, he's Mahana others with, with, with his Torah. And the Maral says, even other ways. And, uh, and, uh, Gemara says about the Torah's Nimshalon Kamayim, just like Mayim goes down from a high place to a low place, Torah goes to the to the Anovim. They're the ones who Hashem gives the Torah. What is Anovim going to be based on, as far as we can understand, primarily? Just recognizing this is Hashem's gift. This is not mine. This is not my creation. This is not my power. I try to put in my, 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 my best good efforts. But after that, just receiving Matana from Hashem. So that's how we should approach our learning. We're sitting down, trying to make time, trying to find the time, which is that itself is a great accomplishment, and the menucha, and trying to understand and receive the matana from Hashem. The matana we may receive is 
oh, there's a lot of problems here. There's a lot of things that are not easy to understand. <laughs> there are a lot of difficulties in this sugya. That's also my thunder from Hashem. <laughs> if some of them ever get answered, no, that's also, that's give out, that's not my thunder from Hashem. But all we're trying to do is to receive Hashem is Matana, Hashem meeting, we are not coming to get shot. Our ego was not on the line. We're not testing ourselves. Do we know how to learn? Don't we know how to learn? None of that has to be going on. It's, it may it may try to get in. It may bombard us. We have to be ready. That's that that's going to be you know uh, <laughs> very possible to be happening. But what's really happening, what's in essence is happening, is we are putting in the agia that there has to be. And then Hashem gives the matan. And if we know that it's going to be Hashem giving the matana, we are very worthy. According to the Gemara, then we are worthy of receiving the matana. So we can help to receive the matana as Hashem sees fit to give it to us. And that is our Hezek and Torah. And we can be Samech in that and rejoice in that and have the same Hanoi in that as anybody else in their Hezek that ever lived. Do smart people get more matanas? <laughs> um, <laughs> it, like I like I said before, it's very hard um, to even like talk about more or less on on a davar on a real davar ruchni. When 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 Rambam Vlachin says when a person is learning, Hashem is say, saying. Everything is Devar Hashem. From Mitzvah's mashma, that there is an aspect of Torah that is within the range of a person's Teva Dika Kayach. And there may be responsibility. There's the Chazal that Rebbe said that Rebbe will have a a greater sort of accountability because he had a greater natural ability. So a person does have to be aware of that. Mr. Salanter was um, very, very concerned. He said, Hashem gave me the, the mind of a thousand men, and I, I don't see that I've used it properly. So uh, there is a recognition that a person should have towards the ability that Hashem is giving him to feel the responsibility to use it to its, to its utmost. But in essence, everyone is the same. They're being given some chalik of Torah. They're given, and of course, we know the Ramah holds that supposed to be with working. <laughs> so anybody who's working should not feel like, oh, there's only for people who are sitting and learning, you know, Yom Balayla, Tarsam, Nasa. Not according to the Rambam, that's for sure. So each person has, with Hashem's help, we should try to find as much time as we can. We should try to, you know, not look for our sense of um, worth from something external. And then we'll find, be able to hopefully find more time. But whatever it is that Hashem is apportioning to us, of course, we need to sleep. We can't learn without having some mental capacity. So that is the place for our being able to have real, true dveikas on the highest level. The Derech Hashem says, the peak connection to Hashem is placed in the Torah. 
But like Rebbe Chaim Lajan says, that's where a person is dovek at the highest level, who return a had, Hashem is Ratzon I one, Torah is Mevia to everything else in, in the Torah. But you say that for the of uh, of sharing it and uh, me, so it's it's, it's Torah's Chesed, and if he's doing it to be mal to be mali Hashem's Tafkid, that's also Torah's Chesed. So the peak is Haskel the Adaya Oisi, which is contained in the Torah, and we definitely should prioritize. In a, in a good way, or at least give a very good place to the parts of Torah that are helping us to get in touch with all of the Midas Hashlemus of Hashem. But we need good, good learning abilities to understand those parts of Torah. So everything is working together. To get some understanding of a piece in Artsafan, we have to work very hard on the Ktsais and the Sivis. That's what we were taught. And we have to go, we have to use the chalik of terror that we were given and the abilities that we have, and then really be true to ourselves. Go ahead, Rabbi Well, I was I was just wondering that maybe the din matana, like a, a kasha de terrors is not necessarily the spiritual aspect of learning Torah. Like the, the matana is the spiritual effects of the Torah or 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 understanding like an intangible of the Torah. Not necessarily just more information or more clarity, specifically. Um, from Chaim Velosh, it's mashma that it is in the Dvar Hashem. Is it is it a very um, worthwhile thing if we could feel something? Also, yes, that's wonderful, and we should also try to, you know, give that some place in our attention. But the essence of it. Bechayim stresses very much because he says there are certain parts of Torah that are not conducive to feeling the dvekas. We're trying to get inside the thinking of a Ramai. It's not really like, you know, going to produce, <laughs> you know, exalted, uh, like very, very like wonderful, good feelings. You're trying to figure out the Ramayas of the Rama. But this is the Chalik of Chesha Mishpat. That person needs to know in order to understand Hilchas Taiv and etc. Of course, there will be a spiritual impact that will come, but I don't think we should like be concerned if we're not feeling it right away. Um, but on the other hand, th- there is a very good place for those finding those parts of Torah that we can feel the connection. We can be amazed by Nebishtas, Midasachesed. Like if Geshe Nehelsen said at the Atlavaya, a person has to learn Musr and find the Sefer that's speaking to his heart. Um... I just have one one last thought. If anybody wants to share anything else before that, you're invited. How do we hang our hat on the Rambam? As Rabbi said, the Rambam, as Rabbi said, oh, Balabatim, the Rambam said you have to work. So every, every, of course, Balabatim are included in this. But the Rambam also have to learn nine hours a day. I can hardly get to an hour a day, or half hour, whatever. If we're going to go with the Rambam, then we feel guilty about the nine hours. <laughs> Excellent. Minimum nine hours, or whatever he says. Excellent. No, I, 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 that was Lav Dafka. I just, it just meant like, you know, <laughs> the concept 
I don't know if you need a Rambam, but you have Rav Hirsch. Tayrim Derecheretz. But but a person is sincere, Abish to guides us in the proper path. If and when you get to a point in life where you can see the real possibility that maybe you can retire, there were people last year Kamenetsky about retiring. You know when when they were still you know able to continue working, but maybe you know they should see, they should retire and sit and learn all day. And uh, he he cautioned them because not everybody you know is so easily able to do that. And he didn't want people to be like, sort of, you know, fooling themselves. But when a person gets to a point where maybe I could do it, it should be uh, considered seriously. Yeah. We're, we, are, we are played, of course, it goes without saying. We, we, we are subject very much to the um, powerful influence of the country that we live in that defines a person by his means of employment. In Europe, it's not like that so much, or at least it didn't used to be. There, a person's family was much more part of his self-concept. In America, what you do is who you are. So this, this affects us also in terms of our connection to learning. Oh, if I'm a learner, if I'm, you know, in Kailal, or I'm a Marbus Taira, so then that's who I am. I'm a Taira person. If I'm working, if I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm an accountant, etc. So then I'm doing that. That's who I am. But that's not really the MS. Whatever we're doing in any aspect of life is all part, should be part of one integrated entire personality. And everything has its role to play in being a person of MS, of integrity, of responsibility, of Bimakadash Hashem in so many ways. And everything that we'll be, that we'll be doing, we should try to find a way how we can look to Hashem to help us to do this. It's all Kulo Kodesh. Rabbi, I don't know who I heard this from, but I think I heard that from the Rashiva or something that in the Hadron it says two two people. So the Rashiva asked, well, what happened to people who are half and half? Like some people are going to visit the some people also like, you know, whatever. So I think he said something about that. If Yoshi Beis doesn't mean it's not a time thing, it's a mindset. Yoshi Beis when if your mindset is, I want to be Yoshi Beis but I have other responsibilities to that. So, like, it's not a thing in an amount of minutes. It's, it's. Right. Did you ever hear that from Roshiba? 100%. I'm just uh, sort of, um, sort of trying to broaden it that we shouldn't look at everything else in life as just a chitimtza. Like, you know, something that's only a, uh, a means to the one hour a day that I could really be a person of Ruchnius. It's not just a, a Heksha Mitzvah. Oh, there's, there could be ample, ample good growth in many, many parts of the day. The Chavos Havavos is writing about trying to live your life in a manner of giving to others what I would want from them. Trying to trying to live in a manner of we're going to produce this together, we're going to build the world together, we're going to build the company together, we're going to do good business together, we're going to be matzliach together. I mean, you know, 
it's hard to do it, you know, in one direction, it's a one-way street. But this putting out Musagim, living in a manner of, of real like, desire for connection and achdus, commitment to one another, being there for other people, being able to really be a team, that's just phenomenal. And Aaron Lapiansky has a safer um, Bentor for life. Are you familiar with the, the safer? I, I read almost all of it. I'm up to I the like, I'm up to the footnotes in the back. Yeah. So doesn't he really highlight like that Rambam and everything you've been saying about you know it's not just a hechatimsa and like yeah. the working is the mitzvah and like whatever else you do is it's not bidiyeva mm-hmm. that you're. Right, he has a lot of good ideas, but there's room even for more good ideas. <laughs> so, okay. you know, you take whatever he has to offer, but don't stop there. <laughs> uh, okay, one last, one, one last thought, just one last thought, which I already mentioned earlier, but I think it's, it's, it's Kedai to hazard over. Um, I remember hearing a, a Miami from Avarin he said that a tzibur can be mashlim for the loss of a yachid. I don't know if we really know what was meant by that. But l'chora, if every person in Kali Yisrael who is Shemitah Mitzvah, who is doing some learning, would stop and think, oh, there was great covet Hashem coming from the knowledge that there's somebody who is totally connected to learning, someone who is very devoted to Kalisrael, someone who seems to be receiving a consistent basis, um, very uh, clear divine assistance in helping Kalisrael. That was a great, we received great bracha from Hashem to know the Torah. That was a great manifestation of the Kavad Hashem in the Bria. If, if everyone could feel, oh, let me do my part to, to try to raise things up a little bit. If a million people would learn one more minute a day, just to oversimplify it. So there would be <laughs> a good increase in Limina Torah in the world. There wouldn't be the single Godol but there would be something that would be somewhat of a of a uh, filling in. So we should each try to relate to that, to try to feel, oh, there's a need for a little more Kavad Hashem now on the part of every Yachid. And uh, we should look for ways, whether very tangible that we could make a real commitment to and as part of our schedule, or even in a more general kind of way, the hagash of it, the memory of it, could help us to be the best that we could be. <laughs> to follow that good example, using our kochus, our our uniqueness, to be true to ourselves. To be Marbekoichemaim that way. And hopefully that could uh, be very good. 
Okay, yes, you can have a boy say. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much.